In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Hey, good morning, everybody. On today's Get Ready for the Future show, we are wrapping up our summer movie series, learning financial lessons from cinema classics. Today, what can we learn from the animated movie Up? Stay tuned. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And we welcome you into today's Get Ready for the Future show all across the state of Arkansas and live streaming online this Wednesday morning on Facebook and YouTube. My name is Scott Inman, and Janet Walker and Teresa Arago are with us as well. Yeah, thanks for waving. It is a little <laughs> bit of a different setup this morning, and we'll explain. First of all, John's not here, but we are uh, using this opportunity in light of the announcement by the governor last week of a statewide mask mandate to not only wear our mask, which, by the way, we did on our way in, we have to take off to be able to speak on uh, our live stream and our radio show, but we, uh, for our radio audience who has no idea what's going on, we are actually separating a little bit more than we have in recent weeks. It is very difficult around our oval table in our radio room to uh, space out enough with three or sometimes four people on the radio uh, at one time, and we have uh, chosen to make a little bit extra effort to try to get through this pandemic. I think we all want it to be complete, ladies, and get over it and get to the next level of normalcy, uh, back to normalcy if we can. Uh, and look, we're going to throw everything at it that we can to make sure that we're doing our part. And so we've separated with technology. It's a little bit easier to do. I feel way more laid back in here, although I am a little more isolated. I'm in the marketing office, so I feel like I'm highly more creative than I would normally be just <laughs> being good. here. But I am missing being there with you. Scott, I'm just excited about you guys being separated from like where my movie theater popcorn is. I, if y'all have to stay six feet away, you can't reach my popcorn. So I'm That's good true. to go. She claimed it before we even started the show yeah. so that, you know, I guess I don't need it anyway. It's fine. It's fine. She must have been the first one in the room. <laughs> no, I just wasn't going to grab she just, it. She just didn't claim it. <laughs> it's that, you know, you've got to read. The answer's no till you ask the question. She asked the question and I didn't. So she won. Yeah. Well, one of the things we've been doing over the last few weeks uh, on the Get Ready for the Future show, because of all the, the, the seriousness that is around that we've already mm -hmm. kind of addressed here, and, and the pandemic has certainly uh, affected all of our emotions, and we're, we're really struggling sometimes to, to see some positivity, we thought we'd take a break by doing something way more light for uh, mm -hmm. about a three-week period, and we've called it our summer movie series, you know. I, I don't know many pastors that haven't done a summer movie series at church, so we're going to adopt it <laughs> from true. a financial perspective. And we uh, started with Top Gun a couple of weeks ago. Last week, I heard it was a great show with John enjoying The Princess Bride. <laughs> I, heard, I hear it is now his favorite movie. You know, he shared that it was a really awesome movie. He really enjoyed it. Actually, no, he said the only thing <laughs> that was a redeeming quality was because the giant was in it. That was uh, literally it. The the wrestler, Andre yeah, Andre the Giant was in it. That was the only redeeming quality. And I would say the the vast majority of people who are out there would disagree. I, uh, I think just, it's an amazing movie. Some people just don't know quality entertainment when they see it. Well, you and know? he said he liked <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite, so that you know may be why. I and don't the know. lack of quality <laughs> entertainment. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that's why he's not on today's show, because he didn't like this movie. But we're talking about the movie Up today, which I took my kids to. This is a Pixar movie. Mm -hmm. You know, usually it's automatic. There was a time where it was automatic if Pixar put a movie out. Everybody went to go see right. it. Right. Yes. And, and Up was one that, you know, we just went into not knowing anything really about it that it, other than it was Pixar. And our kids were pretty young when it came out. And, you know, the first thing I remember about it was... Is this a kids movie? It's kind of like, heavy. It's, 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 it's got pretty some heavy. heavy stuff in it. Yeah. The first time that I watched it, I will say I did not give it time to really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I basically shut down after the first few minutes because I was just like, I don't want to watch a cartoon and be sad. Yeah. yeah. But it, it, 
ultimately is a really, really good movie if you can get past the first 20 minutes of it. It, it really gives some good life lessons, mm-hmm. and we're going to draw some financial lessons from those life lessons today, but it, it is different for an animated movie. And if, yes. if you're not sure yet, like if the title hasn't clicked with you, you probably have in your mind the image of a house floating away, being carried by a, a lot of helium-filled balloons. Mm-hmm. That's the movie we're talking about today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's everything that happened up until that point that I think yeah. we can draw most of our financial lessons from, sure. quite frankly. There's a lot that does mm-hmm. happen, even though we probably didn't, in, in, Teresa and I are on the same uh, page here, we didn't enjoy the first 20 minutes of the movie. Right. And, and, and I probably would have if I wasn't thinking about how my seven-year-old kids, was responding yeah. to it when, when we watched it. But there is a lot packed into that, those first 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen the movie, it's about Carl. Uh, and Carl and Ellie, who is his soon-to-be wife, uh, in the first few minutes, it's like a montage there for those first few minutes. Carl and Ellie's uh, basically their courting process. They mm-hmm. they they uh, meet as children, and they're both wanting to chase adventure. That is their goal in life. That's their dream, I should say, uh, in life. And they want to go to this place called Paradise Falls. And through that montage, you see what happens to them in their lives over about a 30 or 40 year period as they get older and things mm-hmm. happen and they never make that adventure happen. And I think there's a yeah. great jumping off point when you think about how they got to where they were 30 or 40 years later, the decisions that they made now, and, and we can go over some of those, but their dream of, uh, having children and, and begin and beginning to plan, you know, they, they had that derailed by something that's yeah. not in their control. They had mm-hmm. a miscarriage there. Uh, so they do begin saving anything they can come up with. First of all, they don't have probably high-paying jobs. They never do address no, how much money catch, they make. But if you catch they that part, are a balloon he's a, salesman yeah. and a zoo tour guide, right? Yeah, a zoo, zoo tour guide and a balloon salesman. And they seem to really enjoy their careers yeah. together. Mm-hmm, and yeah. I think that was the thing. They were always happy to be together. But when it comes to their plan... It was literally just a glass jar full of change. Yeah. That's not really a plan. That's like saying your investments at your employer plan is your plan. Well, and I think there's a, a, a bit of a, re- a significant mm-hmm. reality check really here because as children, it's all about we're going to have this adventure and we're going to go to Paradise Falls and life is going to be fabulous. And I'm just going to tell you from the adult side of the equation, sometimes life sucks, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and, and it is hard and you know, it's very difficult as a parent to look at my four. 14-year-old and 17-year-old and go, you know what? They've got it pretty darn stinking good right now. Mm -hmm. I wonder what their storms are going to be Mm -hmm. because they are going to have them. And there will be, in most cases, storms carry a financial element to them as well. And so they start out, Carl and Ellie start out as children, starry-eyed, focused on the adventure, Mm -hmm. and we're going to save money and we're going to go there, not thinking about you know what, some crap is going to happen in life, and mm-hmm. we're going to need money to deal with that stuff. And so the, the financial lesson from this, one of the first ones that we see, is let's be realistic that sometimes life sucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. You can use that as your official explanation yeah. you know, of why you have to have an emergency fund, and that emergency fund has to be separate from mm-hmm. your adventure fund, if you want to call it that in, yeah. in the context of this movie. I want you to go and have adventure. I want you to make mm-hmm. it to to Paradise Falls. I want you to do those things together. But if you don't plan to deal with the life sucks part, Mm -hmm. you know, then we're not going to be able to do the fun part either. And taking that money and just socking it away without a purpose or without action steps, goals that have action steps are always more realistic to attain. If you, you have those one, two, three progressive steps, that's really beneficial. And that's one of the things we do for people is help them come up with action step one, action step two. Maybe that is paying off debt first. Maybe that is getting your emergency fund first. But we'll help you with those action steps so it's not just a broad, I'd like to get here kind of plan. Yeah. So that's the first thing. We all three are just coming off of vacation ourselves. I I didn't go to Paradise Falls, uh, far from it, but we did go to we did go to South Florida, which was a really nice trip. But we're all we're all very tuned into how that has to be separate, as you mentioned, Janet. You know, you 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 got to have an emergency fund, and then we have a vacation fund. Now it may be in the same account. You know, you don't have to have necessarily two different accounts, but you have to determine this is my emergency fund, and then above and beyond that. 
I'm going to save for a particular event like a vacation. So we're already probably ruining this movie for lots of people who haven't <laughs> seen it. But financial lessons that you can draw from the movie Up, part of our summer movie series on the Get Ready for the Future show. Time to take a break, and we'll be back with more right after this. Want to know what goes on in the studio? During this break, go subscribe to the Gen Wealth Financial Advisors YouTube channel and get all the straight talk on retirement, investments, and your money. This is Scott Inman. At Genwell Financial Advisors, we understand that there should be more to retirement than just the size of your nest egg. Whether it's more time for family, a fresh start, or just stopping and enjoying life. Whatever it is for you, we know that your retirement should be more. With offices across central Arkansas, there is a GenWealth location nearby. Call 501-653-7355 or visit us online to schedule an appointment and harness the power of more. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. I'm Scott Inman along with John Shrewsbury for the fastest four minutes in investing on this week's show. And John, the headline continues to be when we look at the markets, the resiliency of the market. It continues to go up. It's been another pretty good week so far as we sit and record this on Wednesday. And it is almost back to the February highs before all of the pandemic news drove it lower and the shutdown drove the economic data lower. We're around 5% off now. The S&P right. 500 we're talking about is about 5% off from its February high. Quite amazing, but it still has everybody on edge. Well, and everybody's going to be on edge. We continue to be in this pandemic, as is evidenced by our distance here mm -hmm. on the Fastest Four, on the on the video at least. You can see how, how far apart we are. But also, uh, what's far apart is the actual economic activity compared to what the stock market is actually doing. And there's some uh, caution in the air right now because, you know, the United States continues to duel a little bit with China. They uh, asked them to shut down the, uh, the consulate in Houston, and they think there may be some retaliation there. So uh, getting in a fight with the Chinese is not anything the market really does want to right. see happen. And of course, uh, you've got uh, the, the recovery plan in Europe has weighed down the international stocks even more as far as the European data is concerned. But on the other side, earnings season is in full swing. And one of the things, it's not earnings, but it is activity. Retail sales has continued to surprise because the, we didn't really expect a whole lot. It really boomed out of the gate as we began to recover. And there was a, yet another uh, good report on retail sales. So who knows what this American economy might do? Yeah, that's been the big surprise, I think, since about a month or two in, is that the data was never really coming in as bad as everybody expected. And I I think that's been a big lead up to to the run up here that got, has gotten us back close to the February highs. I think it's also worth pointing out that investors have no other place to go. I mean, the, the, yeah. the interest rates being driven down make bonds very unappealing. Uh, equity is really the, the 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 only place they have for a, a glimmer of hope that they're going to get much of a return. Yeah, you certainly can't get any return uh, to speak of in the bond market without taking an inordinate amount of risk. And, and of course, people are very wary about risk these days because mm -hmm. they're taking enough risk as it is just mm -hmm. trying to live. And so there are a lot of forces out there going on, but there is a glimmer of good news on the COVID front, Scott. Mm -hmm. When you take a look, I, as, as entrepreneur, I, I look at this and I go, man, if I could only get the formula for a vaccine, I, you know, everything would be done. The government is paying, get this, nearly $2 billion to Pfizer and BioNTech to produce and deliver 100 million doses of their COVID-19 vaccine with the option to buy another 500 million doses. So the price tag just keeps going up. <laughs> yeah. And you might think about, well, if some of that works, maybe some biotech stocks might be a good place to, to actually take a flyer. Not recommending any of those companies or anything of that nature, but you've got to believe that if we're going to get out of this, and I think we are, it's going to come through science and biotech. Yeah, and I think that's the big key is once the vaccine is proven, I think we get past this and things start to look a little different and, and maybe some normalcy returns to the way the market operates. Although, it's not all that uncommon for us to have this kind of volatility and if you look at lpl research guidance which is where we follow and other uh, analysts they're all saying that they expect another 10 percent pullback before we get to the end of the year absolutely and we're going to have very soon scott uh, the mid-year 
outlook Mm -hmm. as far as LPL research is concerned. We will be back with more information on that in the coming days. Well, that's going to do it for the fastest four minutes in investing. We thank you for watching on social media and listening on the Get Ready for the Future show. We'll continue with our summer movie series, gleaning financial lessons from the movie Up, right after this. Get off the crazy train and onto a more dependable track with the Gen Wealth team. All aboard the Get Ready for the Future show after the break. From the Gen Wealth Radio Network Studios, we're back with more of the Get Ready for the Future show. A rainy Wednesday morning as we live stream the Get Ready for the Future show here this morning. Scott Inman along with Janet Walker and Teresa Arago. And a reminder, if you're watching on our Facebook stream, you can comment in the section. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe it's just a comment of what you thought about the movie up. Or if you have a question for us, financially related or otherwise, please feel free to chime in. As we are uh, separated on our live stream today uh, in light of the uh, state mask mandate that was issued last week, we're trying to do our part to ensure that we not only uh, are complying with that order, but also keeping our distance. Uh, I'm isolated just down the hallway. I could probably open the door and shout. And you guys can hear me. <laughs> We're not through the, the headset. We're very close, but within six feet or far, farther away than six feet, I should say. Mm-hmm. Both of you are as well as we try to take some financial lessons from the movie up today. It's our final week of our summer movie series, drawing financial lessons from our uh, favorite movies and we talked about Carl and Ellie. If you have seen the movie Up, uh, Carl is the old guy, eventually old. It shows that, that montage for the first few minutes of the film is all about him being young and meeting Ellie, and they have this dream of going to Paradise Falls. And we talked about in the last segment how that dream was really never planned for very well, and the un- unplanned for events in their life disrupted that. They didn't have a, an emergency fund built up. And uh, you know, after three failed attempts to save for Paradise Falls, uh, the movie shifts to focus on Carl and Ellie's daily work life. You know that we mentioned that in the first segment, mm-hmm. uh, ladies. They they work 30 to 40 years in the same roles until their hair begins to turn gray. And 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 we know that there are circumstances in life that may lead people to do that. But I think when when you draw a financial lesson here, and they were saving pennies and nickels and dimes in a jar and really scraping to get by. There are some things that you can do about your circumstances, cre- create an increased opportunity for more income. Nobody wants to work at the job, same job for 30 right. or 40 years and never get a raise. That does make it difficult to, to, to save what is necessary for your trips if you want to go someplace like Paradise Falls or retirement. And I think that can go both directions. Sometimes it's about our spending habits. But for me, for instance, I was a bookkeeper for 15 years. Um, learned it after college. It just kind of fell into that role. And when I came and joined the Gym Wealth team, uh, because of my connection to Janet, uh, I started learning about what our advisors do. And it ignited a passion in me. And I remember as the bookkeeper, John saying, well, do you want to learn more? And I thought, yeah, but how does that serve Gym Wealth? I guess he saw that. He mm-hmm. saw the passion yeah. and he thought this is something she could pursue passionately. And now I'm one of our advisors. Mm-hmm. Never would have thought this is where I was going to be as a kid. And, and something I always encourage people, always be willing to learn more because you never know yeah. what passion might be ex- ignited in you just because you're willing to give something that you've never done before a shot. Well, and, and I think that that allowed you to put your Paradise Falls savings jar, if you mm-hmm. will, in a different place. I think we may have an image of this where in the movie they show the the savings. Okay, we don't have that. Uh, in the movie, they show the savings jar for mm-hmm. Paradise Falls, and it's you know sitting over in a corner on the book, bookshelf collecting dust, which means it's not a priority in their life. And there are times, I mean, many of you have heard the story you know, of what Stephen and I went through after his car mm-hmm. wreck, and he, we had all kinds of medical bills. We had over six figures in medical bills above and beyond what the insurance company was going to pay. We weren't going to Paradise Falls during that time in life. But what that time in life also did is there was someone who who stepped in very much like what we did with you, Teresa. There was someone who stepped in my life and said, hey, you know what? You need to look into the financial industry because you're a teacher at heart, and that's what makes a good advisor. And I think that this is something that you could do and be passionate about. And because Stephen was working a job and then because of health reasons was not, we had gone from two incomes to one Mm -hmm. and had all of this medical stuff, you know, medical debt. And so it put us in a position where we couldn't pursue our dreams. But then that career change 
you know, I, I still feel like I'm a teacher. It's just a different mm-hmm. subject, different students. So I'm still pursuing something that I'm very passionate about. But it has allowed us to, if you'll play through to the movie here, it has allowed us to move that jar, that Paradise mm-hmm. Falls jar, off of a dusty shelf in the corner and put it at the forefront. And, and we're able to fund our dreams mm-hmm. and, frankly, some for other people because mm-hmm. we've been in a position to be blessed to, to do that. But we went through a time where we couldn't. That's okay, but don't forever leave that jar on a corner in a shelf. Grow yourself so that mm-hmm. you can help grow other people. Can I ask how old you were when you made that choice? Because I think that's something people need to understand. I was mid-30s. I was, let me think about this a minute. I was in my very late 20s, almost 30. And I have a degree in Spanish. And I like have you. a degree in so Spanish, yes. I, I think a lot of people don't realize just because you didn't go to college for it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you can't grow yourself Otherwise, yeah. I planned to be a Spanish teacher. That's a long story we'll have to tell another time. <laughs> um, thanks to Janet, honestly. But if I had not been willing to learn bookkeeping in the first place, yeah, out of college, just as something that I thought, oh, I'll do it for a little while while I get my non-traditional licensure. Right. If I hadn't been willing to learn what I learned here, these opportunities would not have presented themselves. Yeah. And I was, again, in my late thir- mid-30s. So it's not like you have to know what you're going to do at 18. Yeah. And, and, you know, there are, uh, it's rare, there are still people who work in the same place, you know, for their entire career. It does still happen. Even there, I would encourage you, grow yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, even within the walls of the same business, grow yourself while you're there. I tell uh, my son, who is in college currently, I, I, I've told him this on many occasions, that unless you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or something that's going to require a license, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. your your college degree is just showing that you have commitment to something. That's you right. You can see something through and finish it, and it will take you anywhere you want. And I've occasionally even um, spoken to uh, graduation ceremonies. I, I can remember mm-hmm. a community college in Stuttgart area that I spoke to, and one of the things that I spent a lot of time on when I when I was giving that address was never stop learning. Yeah. And that's to your yeah. point, Janet, is is you may not know where you want to go. You may not want to know what kind of career change you want. But if you're always learning, reading, uh, being inquisitive and curious about things, it's going to ignite a passion somewhere along the way that could lead you in a different direction. And mm-hmm. you just hit on one of the keys that I focus on in, in life. You, you said it's going to ignite a passion. Um, it is a huge deal for mm-hmm. me to people for people to passionately pursue their purpose and I don't believe your purpose has to necessarily be the same throughout your entire life but you have a purpose at, at various points along the way uh, my, my daughter uh, she just turned 14 this summer and this week this is a proud mommy moment y'all are gonna have to bear with me for just a moment um, she she started working at Genwealth like officially on the clock working at Genwealth Ooh, and nice. yeah she she got her workers permit and everything and it wasn't something that I said hey you're gonna go to work kid you know it that was not the choice she has a goal she wants to buy her own vehicle um, when she turns 16 and so if she's going to do that she needs to earn some income Mm -hmm. and so this was her choice to do that so right now her job is a means to an end I'm not fooling Mm -hmm. myself that she'll be here till retirement (laughs) you know that's that's likely not the scenario but what we did that first day that she went to work, we prayed together that she would at some point at the appropriate time that it would not be a means to an end, that it would be something that she would be passionate about, whatever job that might be. Mm-hmm. So I would challenge you, if you're somewhere where you feel like, number one, monetarily, you're just kind of, your your jar's collecting dust over there. You can't really make progress. But But number two, and frankly, to me, more importantly, if you're not passionate about it, Take some time to find something that you mm-hmm. can pursue with passion because life's too short. There should be adventure in work. It's mm-hmm. not just yeah. funding an adventure for elsewhere. There should be adventure and fun and challenge in what you do for a job. So yeah. figure that one out. Yeah. yeah, my dad told me when I was a kid, son, you're going to spend a third of your life working yeah. at something, so you better enjoy it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Sure. absolutely. We, we do need to move on in the movie, but I do want to say a quick note, too, while we're talking about the jar collecting dust. That also says something about investment strategy, too. Yeah. I mean, I know if it's an emergency fund, we want it in cash. We'd rather it be in the bank than in the jar, in a dusty jar. But the other side of that is, is if this was long-term, if they were really pushing out 10-, 15-year plans – that jar collecting dust is that's all it's collecting it's not yeah, collecting yeah. any interest or any return that's mm-hmm. right absolutely you've got to put it to work if you're going to have those dollars sitting still for a long time put them to work and make them do something for you also 
and that sounds like a, a kind of a, a given or, or a very basic concept, but I, I just read a study uh, not that long ago, I think a week or so ago, about how many millennials are still fearful of the stock market, that they do not yeah. want to invest because of what they've seen in their lifetime, mm -hmm. uh, whether they grew up in, in 2008 and saw that happen or what happened earlier this year. Uh, but it is certainly uh, a, a means to an end as far as accomplishing your retirement goals goes. Well, obviously, we know that uh, the saddest part of the movie really is that Carl loses his wife, Ellie. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they were going to buy tickets. Or I think he did buy tickets, actually, yes. for them yeah. to go to Paradise Falls. But Ellie goes into the hospital and eventually passes away. And that's where that montage ends. And you wake up to real life, and Carl's an old, grumpy man, very discontented about his life. He, the scene I think of is him stone face crawling down the staircase in that hover chair that that takes sometimes. way too long and it just stays on the shot <laughs> yeah. yes and he and and his decisions between this point in the movie and to what leads him to paradise falls is worth hanging out on just a little bit because mm -hmm. he he really makes some big mistakes a construction truck knocks over his uh, mailbox and he ultimately hits a guy trying to help him with his cane they determine he has to go in the nursing home so his bitterness has taken over yeah. uh, in his life because of where he has landed and i think of people that maybe they're certainly not to that level ladies but when they come to see us their their fear or their worry about uh, where they are are they going to be able to do what they want to do and make retirement when they want to make it and have the life they want um, that can affect your decisions and, and i think that uh that that's a clarity point here as well in the movie i think that fear uh, self-isolation grief all of the things that we see mm -hmm. him going through here um you know the the <laughs> just the emotional disaster that comes from unfulfilled dreams for mm -hmm. so long, you know, that's, that's a mess. But the reality is, even if you haven't had the adventures that you wanted to have in the past, you are where you are. So mm -hmm. let's start having some adventures where we are. We and may it's not okay be, to change your yeah, adventures. It, that's exactly right. Goals Absolutely. that you had, change them. Come up with new passions, new things you can pursue. Because whether it's before or after retirement, yeah. having something to fill your time that you can enjoy is critical to your yeah. mental health. It absolutely is. And we definitely, you know, we talk about all the time that being fearful is going to encourage you to make the wrong decision at the wrong time for the wrong reasons. You've got to make sure that your, especially your financial decisions are being made with an unemotional heart. You've got to be able to look at the numbers without your emotions clouding your judgment. And I think that's one of the things with him is that mailbox was something he and Ellie had made together. So it was symbolic of them, yeah. not just a mailbox. And he let the emotion of the moment overtake him mm -hmm. and ultimately was going to cost him his house. We also are introduced to one of the main characters of the movie, Russell, who's a wilderness explorer trying to earn his badge for assisting the elderly. He winds up on the house as Carl decides to tie all those balloons to that sucker and send <laughs> and sail off to uh, Paradise Falls, the most iconic scene in the movie. And we're going to hang out on that. On the other side of the break, it's time for one of those as the Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this. There's more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money right after the break. Stick around. Do you have a burning question? Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question to get a response on the air from the Gen Wealth team. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. You can certainly do the email, but you can also mention in your comments. Just put a comment if you're watching on Facebook as we live stream on this Wednesday, the Get Ready for the Future show. And we're going through and finishing this week our summer movie series, trying to glean some financial lessons from some of our all-time favorites. And the movie we're talking about today is Up. And we have reached a point in the movie where Carl, the grumpy old man who has seen all of his uh, – Hopes and dreams crushed through his 40-year work life, losing his wife uh, and never making it to Paradise Falls, and now being condemned, I guess, to uh, go to a nursing home, be forced to go to a nursing home. He decides to tie all these helium balloons to his home, and the most unrealistic part of this fantasy movie, but the most fun part <laughs> and the most iconic scene is when those balloons lift off and Carl takes off in an effort to reach his dreams. And I, I think the financial lesson for me here, it, you know, we, we don't spoil the film by saying this because it is a fantasy and, and, and you suspend reality when you watch a fantasy. But in real life, think about how unrealistic and how much of a last-ditch effort he is making yeah. here uh, 
because he hasn't done the things that he needed to do. He's made the wrong decisions in life, and now his goal, his dream, if you want to apply that to retirement or financial independence, is now hinged to a big ball of balloons pulling his house <laughs> off the ground and sailing to Paradise Falls. Yeah, it, it's really pretty crazy when you think it has to happen in a Pixar movie. You know, yeah. it, it can't yeah. happen in reality. But I will say there are people, I know this because I'm married to a geek and gave birth to a geek, and so we know these types of things in our household, but there are people who have actually attached, you know, balloons to lawn chairs, and they've gone up to insane heights and, and come back down, lived through it and all of that. <laughs> but here's the difference. In the Pixar movie... The balloons, when he when he lifts his house, first of all, it takes his entire house. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it takes him ultimately where he wants to go. Yeah. In reality, these guys who've attached balloons to their chairs, they go where the wind takes them. Mm-hmm. They are in zero control of where they're going to wind up. Rudderless. What'd you say? I said rudderless. Yeah, they're rudderless. They, yeah. So without a plan, without a a way to implement a specific plan they're just going Mm -hmm. and when we think about okay what's the what's the application on this financially um, we got kind of tickled talking about it but this is accurate It, it is more realistic for you to tie all these balloons to your house like Carl did and for it to take you to your desired destination than it is for you to attempt retirement using the 4% rule. Mm -hmm. Like the first one is more likely to actually happen the exact way you want it to than Mm -hmm. for the 4% rule to to work. Let's talk talk a little bit about what the 4% rule is and why it doesn't work anymore. So when you looked at kind of the way people used to do retirement income strategies, yeah. you know, you'd take your... And port- some people still do. And yes, yes. a lot. Actually, yes. I, so I'm doing the RICP training, which is a specialization talking about being an entrepreneur within yeah. your role that we as advisors can do. And so I'm learning a lot of research as part of this. And one of the sections is purely about this rule. Yeah. And it talks about how basically historically people would buy 60% stocks, 40% bonds, and they draw 4% from their portfolio every year, increasing for inflation, of course. Right. So Ultimately, you're taking way more than 4%. But that was supposed to be a strategy that you could utilize. There's a few problems with that now. First of all, that that portion of your strategy that was in bonds 20 years ago was getting 8 to 12 to 16%. Yeah. Bonds aren't getting that now. Remember those great interest rates that you're enjoying on your home and on your vehicle loans? They also mean that bonds aren't really earning much right. unless you get into really risky ones. Also, people are living longer and so that strategy has to last your entire retirement, which could be longer than the people who are retiring 10, 15 years ago. Retirement income and planning for retirement are two totally different ball games. So make sure that your strategy is taking care of all the risks of retirement and not leaving you kind of hung out to dry like the balloons would yeah. if you're out in the wind. Absolutely. I think of this too. Even if that works from the standpoint, let's go to the 4% rule and say, even if that works out for you and, and you don't run out of money because that's, but so that's how we're quantifying working out for you. Mm-hmm. It's still not going to be a consistent income. Right. You're not right. going to have a consistent monthly or even annual income because it is going to be dependent on what that portfolio is producing. If it's down mm-hmm. one year, you can't take the four. If you take 4%, you're taking too much, right? Yes, yeah, so we've done that math before. You know, say you had a million dollars taking 4%, yeah. $40,000 a year. Well, if your portfolio drops like 2008, yeah, so if the portfolio in 2008 the market was down 40%. So mm-hmm. let's just take that million dollars. Don't worry about the 40,000 that you've already withdrawn. We're going to simplify the math here. If the million dollars is down 40%, we now have $600,000. So if we go by the 4% rule, now it is 4% of 600,000, not of the original million. So instead of withdrawing 40,000 a year to follow the rule, we need to take 24 $24,000. So that's a significant pay mm-hmm. decrease to go from 40,000 to 20 24000 in a year. The other choice is, do you continue to take $40,000, which is now not a 4% withdrawal rate, but a 6.7% withdrawal rate off of that $600,000. And the reality is you're going to run out of money if you go that route. So your choices in this scenario are you run out of money, 
or you take a significant pay decrease. You talk about, you know, the lesser of two evils. So there has to be a way to do retirement income without using Mm -hmm. the 4% rule because it simply does not work anymore. And that's why we don't use that at GenWealth. The other concept that you can get from this part of the movie for me is, you know, he's done this thing and he's in kind of panic mode, right? He's hit this guy, he's about to lose his house and now it's, well, crap now what do I do to save my house yeah, and to save myself minute. yeah and he makes this decision as a last ditch effort how many yeah. times have we had people come in they're wanting to retire but they're just not ready yeah and so we're having to make these great leaps and bounds to get them there because they didn't take the time to come in and start that plan today's right. the day if you're later than you would have liked to have been then start today because you can't control what you've done in the past but you can control what you do from this point forward yeah absolutely this is kind of what we talked about earlier that you might not have had the adventures in the mm-hmm. past that you wanted to but have some adventures now let's let's start planning for that if you are getting close to retirement and you're interested in learning about a dynamic robust income plan that's very definitive you know consistently on a month-to-month basis what you're going to receive from your assets you can go through the gen wealth ready to retire process by picking up the phone and calling us, if you're watching on our live stream, you can do it now, 501-653-7355. And if you're listening on our Saturday morning radio show, you can also call now, but we'll have to get back with you on Monday. The offices are closed, 501-653-7355. You can write it down and call on Monday as well, or just send us an email. If you're near your laptop or computer, just send it info at getreadyforthefuture.com. And, you know, I, I think about, Janet, you talking about being married to a geek and, and giving birth to a geek. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting here listening. Only financial geeks could look at a movie with balloons <laughs> lifting a house into the air and come up with the 4% rule. It doesn't yeah, work. That's right. My hey. kids are constantly going, can we have any conversation that doesn't include some sort of financial principle? <laughs> my my daughter, My daughter was talking to some friends during, during the end of the school year. They're all doing everything, you know, on... Um, electronically yeah zoom type thing so she has a zoom meeting and i walk in and hear part of a conversation and i just take that breath that you take right before you're about to speak you know i do that and my daughter looks at her classmates and says prepare for a life lesson here it comes (laughs) she knew knew. yeah All right. So when they get into the air, when we we talk about this direction that you're going to go wherever the wind blows, Mm -hmm. you know, Carl is desperately trying to save all of his belongings when he gets into a storm and Russell is there. We talked about Russell, who uh, ends up being a stowaway on this uh, ill-conceived adventure. And he steers the house towards South America during that storm with his GPS. And there's that line in the movie when he uh, holds it out. It says, with this baby, we'll never be lost. And then he drops it. Oops. <laughs> right out the window. Yep. He is it's putting gone. everything on that GPS. And hey, I've had my GPS stories. I've had my problems with GPS. Yes. You know, they, they don't always take you where <laughs> where they tell you. Uh, I, I've told that story about trying to find the uh, Gainesville, Florida airport and winding up in a cul-de-sac instead. And my GPS said I was there. <laughs> you can't trust any one thing. Uh, to get you there. Uh, and, and in our world, that is sometimes in the form of an investment product. I have mm-hmm. this product that's going to take me there. Everything is banked on one thing. And, and sometimes it's it's even a collection of products. So they mm-hmm. feel like they've checked the box on diversification. But the question is, do those products meet your plan? Like if you had to, to say, going back to the GPS for the, for the house, are you on track? Mm-hmm. What's what are the parameters that allow you to check the box to say yes, I am I am on track or no, I am not. If you don't have that guideline, that true north, so to speak, to say yes, I'm on track or no, I'm not, then so what? You you just got mm-hmm. a mix of products and it's not necessarily doing what you need it to do. It has to be planned first, products later. And be cautious of that little calculator on your employer plan site because it's tricky. If you don't understand what goes into the math and how to calculate that beyond just it assuming a percentage, it's not going to be accurate most likely. So please don't use that as your am I on track marker. Um, So it's just it's a little tricky. No, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, that products, well, they are tools and they are mm-hmm. important and certainly even rate of return. We, we talk about that as well. It's not the end all beat all either. It is important, 
but it's all part of the overall plan. I, I tell folks all the time, we have a toolbox, and every advisor has, every advisor that has the same licensing has that same toolbox. But the trick is, we don't want to pull out a wrench when you need a hammer. Right. And how many times in this movie do they think they have a plan, and then the plan goes awry? So the right. question is, does your plan that you have in mind, does it have contingencies? Yeah. Does it have the steps in place that when life happens, because it will, yeah, you've got other backups to lean into. You know, that's part of our planning process is we plan for the contingencies that are going to happen. Well, Carl is a bit impulsive when they drop that GPS. He takes over. He tries mm-hmm. to finish steering them to Paradise Falls and doesn't want to get too close to the ground, but they hit the ground anyway. They get knocked out of the house, just barely save it from floating away. Uh, and then the fog clears and Carl realizes he's almost made it, but he wants to just float right over. His mm-hmm. idea to float over the falls doesn't quite work out, though. You know, I, I think when we talk about just floating right over, a lot of people are, they have that mindset right at the precipice of retirement. Uh, you know, we're so close, it, it'll be fine. There's a lot more detail to planning for retirement that you really have to address at that point. Mm-hmm. Well, they do make it to Paradise Falls. And uh, we have one more segment to talk about it. I feel like the movie's only 20 minutes in and we've got to hustle now. But this is, a, this is the fun part where they see some crazy uh, creatures and they learn that Carl's hero is not who he thought he was. A lot to talk about as we go to the movies and try to glean financial lessons from the movie Up, part of our summer movie series here on the Get Ready for the Future show. Time to take our final break and we'll be right back. Are you following us on social media? Search for GenWealth on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at GenWealthFA so you don't miss out on behind-the-scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. The Get Ready for the Future show will be back after this. Want more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Listen to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Talking about the movie Up and financial lessons we can glean from that on today's Get Ready for the Future show. If you've been with us for the last three weeks, we've been picking a movie. We did Top Gun a couple of weeks ago, The Princess Bride last week, and we're finishing up today with Up. And next week, we get back uh, to business with questions to ask your advisor during volatility. Uh, There has certainly been a lot of that. There is more expected as we get closer to the election and the um, daily changing news revolving around the COVID-19 pandemic. And Ryan Dietrich will join us for a segment in that broadcast next week. So he, of course, uh, joins us almost monthly. Uh, That is the plan always. And Ryan is a very busy guy working for LPL Research. He's a senior market strategist there and always kind to give of his time. LPL Financial, if you don't know, is our broker dealer that we affiliate with here at GenWealth Financial Advisors. So Back to the movie, and they have made it to Paradise Falls, and there's some more characters popping in now. We get to meet Kevin, the crazy-looking bird. We get Doug, who is a dog who has a collar on it that allows him to talk, so the fantasy continues here in Paradise Falls. They eventually find out that the master of these dogs, along with Doug, is Charles Muntz. He's a famous adventurer that Carl and Ellie love to watch as a kid, and Carl's excited to meet him. He doesn't turn out to be... Uh, who he thought he was going to be. He's kind of the main villain, as it turns out, Mm -hmm. as this thing plays out. Uh, So he gets disappointed with uh, finding out his hero is actually a villain. And then uh, as, as uh, as Kevin appears outside on Carl's floating house at one point in the movie and Doug helps them, and Russell escaped uh, from Carl's uh, from Charles's ship. They narrowly escaped the dogs. Russell wants to help Kevin, the bird, get home. Uh, Carl doesn't want to participate in that. They begin trying to float Kevin on the house back to her babies. And there's this comment that Russell makes. He says, you know, Mr. Fredrickson, the wilderness isn't quite what I expected. <laughs> it's kind of wild. And they've been <laughs> through a wild ride at this point, to say the least. I mean, it's not how they made it sound in my book. You know, sometimes you you get into uh, finan- the financial world, the investment world, and things don't exactly turn out like they've been promised to you because maybe it's because of who you've been listening to. Yeah, I, I love it kind of along those same lines. He goes on to say, my dad made it sound so easy. He's really good at camping and how to make fire from rocks and stuff. And so you think about, 
you know, what do people think that they know about money? Mm-hmm. And what they think that they know about money is probably very different from the reality of mm-hmm. money. But they think they know it. So that is their reality until they get slapped in the face by the real world. And there's kind of two pieces to this for me. You know, there's the pre-retirement stage where sometimes people have unrealistic expectations for what their portfolio can do. Some people think it's just a straight up, you know, they hear yeah. about the 12% mutual fund that's out there somewhere supposedly and they think well that's 12 percent every year they don't realize that even by the way it's not 12 percent but even the averages that are out there it's yeah. like a roller coaster it's it up doesn't and down. just go yeah. up it goes up and down so years like this one can make them panic and make the wrong decision because they're scared and they they thought they knew something and it turns out different than they expected the other side of that is entering retirement how many yes. people get to retirement and they go wow this is a little different than what i expected yeah they didn't have somebody to kind of usher them into that, let them know what to look for. You know, a big part of what we do is educating people about what to expect. And if you know it's coming, it's a little bit easier to take it when it does. Those health care costs, your needs for income. If we've taken the time to really build a plan that protects that, I think it helps you with not feeling that kind of disenchanted feeling when you get there. And I look at this as a parent right now with an an upcoming senior in Mm -hmm. my house. And every time we do something, I go, does he know how to do that? Like we just got a (laughs) medical bill. And, you know, it's not every month now that we have Mm -hmm. medical bills. And so I'm going, are we going to have any more medical bills before he leaves? Do I need to teach him this now? Because I don't think he knows how to do this. (laughs) You know, it's that constant. What does he need to know? What does he need to know? So. I mean, obviously, you know, the the kid here, his impression, Russell's impression of what the wilderness was like, it was different from reality. Mm-hmm. It's our job as parents to the best of our ability to prepare them for mm-hmm. what the real world is financially and in every other way. And one of the things that we offer to our clients is to bring your children in mm-hmm. with you. And I'm going to say regardless of age, yeah, mm-hmm. bring bring in the future generations mm-hmm. regardless of age because there's a few different reasons for that. One is for you as as you age for you to share with responsible adult children the information that they need to know in order for them Mm -hmm. to at some point make wise decisions on your behalf if your health dictates that that is a need in the future then they're already informed and they've walked through that together with you Um, but then also for the younger generations for you to bring them in Mm -hmm. to help build that foundation for themselves I just think it's critical to share that knowledge it is and they're not learning it anywhere else guys no there's not a class in the high school that's teaching them i got to college and realized i didn't know how to fill out a check yeah i'd never dealt with checks because i always lived off cash as a as a teenager sure and so i didn't even know how to fill out a check and the first one i had to ask the person i was paying how do i do this (laughs) because i wasn't sure what to put something as simple as that but think about long term the impact of an education we've talked about this before with you know certain family members i have that i've kind of you know basically I've griped a lot about how I wish I'd known things sooner and Lucas just the other day said hey I'll be old enough to work soon won't I and I said yeah at your next birthday you'll be 14 you can get a job he goes what's that thing you've been talking about KK did at 18 I said it's an IRA he's like I want one of those I was like okay we'll do that we'll get you started because mm-hmm. you can do a custodial IRA yeah, sure. as long as they have income right they can have that if you're not talking about it they're not learning it so take time to talk about it with them what is your financial wilderness? I think that's the question that maybe mm-hmm. we can ask our, our listeners and our viewers today. I, I think about the retirement red zone. That equates mm-hmm. to the financial wilderness. So I, I had a, a meeting uh, with a client not that long ago, and, and he was talking about, hey, I've got, I've got all these guys at work that they've got these 401ks, and they're about to walk into retirement. And they have no idea how they're going to make withdrawals and make that money last. And, and, and I think about the change that we always talk about in the retirement red zone. You know, accumulation yeah. can be easy. Just keep throwing money at it mm-hmm. and be properly uh, invested in, in the right allocation strategy. And you can probably get there. But when you get there, there's your wilderness. No, nobody's, yeah. Nobody, when you talk about not being taught, nobody has a clue, ladies, mm-hmm. about what they're going to do when they get there. Yeah, I, I recently sat down. It's kind of funny. It's it's always the cobbler's children who go shoeless, you know. Uh, <laughs> I recently sat down and went through in my own plan, like, what is my, I might retire sooner than this date, but what is my absolute final, you mm-hmm. know, retirement date? And, and that date has been chosen and the plan is in place. I'm in my 40s. So talking to my peers out there, 
it's not that far away. It's mm-hmm. going to be here way before you realize it. And, you know, that retirement red zone that Scott's talking about, that's the last five to 10 years before retirement. Well, the question is, do you know where your 10 year marker is? Do you know if you're in the red zone or not? Because mm-hmm. you might be in it and not even have taken the time to go, oh, my final retirement date is probably about right here. So I'm in that red zone already. And it's part of those statistics I've been learning about from this RICP program is that like half of the population out there will retire before they intended to. Either yeah. for health reasons of yeah. their own or their company offers some sort of retirement package or their partner gets into some health trouble you're more likely to retire earlier than you expected. So if your plan's in place for your goal date, then you're probably on track to at least retire maybe a little less comfortably, but at least you've got something to start with if you do have to enter that retirement a little bit earlier. We've got about a minute left before final thoughts, but everything works out. They get back home and Carl finds his purpose because when you talk about retiring potentially too early or earlier than you expected, what are you going to do with that time? Because Carl now gets to help be a mentor uh, to, um, I'm drawing a blank on his name. To Russell. Russell. I was going to say Kevin, but that's the bird. <laughs> <laughs> mentor to the bird. <laughs> mentor to Russell. Uh, and, and that becomes his purpose. And he's no longer that grumpy old man after this adventure. You have to retire to something, not from something. Yeah, that's that's something we talk about a lot. It's something we we put in our book, and we just believe very passionately about. I talked earlier in the show about wanting my daughter to have a purpose and a passion to pursue at work in her career, and and we want that for you in your career. We want it for you in your retirement. You're not just here to breathe in and out. There is a purpose as long as you're breathing. And I think there's a moment in the movie where we get that too from Ellie because he finally opens the adventure book that she had left for him. And then, you know, he feels like he's failed her throughout their lifetime by not taking her to Paradise Falls. And then he finds out that she saw every moment with him as part of the adventure and that she had actually really enjoyed her life. And I think sometimes we get caught up in that long term and forget to enjoy life now. For my final thought, though, I want to throw out Doug a little bit here. Throughout the movie, he'll be talking and then he goes, squirrel. If you don't have a plan, it's easy to get squirreled. So make sure you've got a plan that you can stick to when life happens. Yeah. I would say for my final thought that life is full of adventures going, you know, up to the point of retirement and through retirement. Don't miss your adventures by not having a plan in place. Yeah. And I, and I think back to the most iconic uh, scene in the movie, the, the balloons lifting them up where mm-hmm. the name of the movie even comes from. Think about how radical and last ditch that was yeah. mm-hmm. for Carl. And where is that potential to happen in your life? Are you banking on a lottery win to be your retirement plan? Mm-hmm. Are you banking on, as we talked about in the show, the 4% rule, uh, making it through retirement without running out of money before you run out of time? Don't be radical and unrealistic or fantasy-like Uh, with your retirement plan, get it done uh, the right way with professionals. You can do it through us with the GenWealth Ready to Retire process. That begins with a phone call, 501-653-7355. That will get you in touch with an advisor near you. We have offices in West Little Rock, Hot Springs, Bryant, Conway, where Teresa is, also El Dorado, and in Shreveport, Bossier City, Louisiana. You can also reach us info at GetReadyForTheFuture.com. Well, this has been fun. I've enjoyed the summer uh, movie series, and summer's not over, but we are now concluding our uh, movie series. And next week, we're going to be talking about questions to ask your advisor during volatility. We know that's always going to be there, but certainly mm-hmm. seems like we've had more of it this year uh, than in years past. Missed John today, but enjoyed being with yeah. you. Missed it. Missed you all a little bit, though, having to be separated. Yeah. But we are going to continue to do this uh, for as long as it takes to get through this pandemic. Yes, absolutely. That's going to do it for all of us on the Get Ready for the Future show today. Again, thanks for listening. We'll be back with you live streaming on Facebook and YouTube at 11:30 next Wednesday morning, and you can always catch us every Saturday morning on the radio. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of Gen Wealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. 